Today we discuss Perek Hamishi, the fifth Perek of Megillat Esther. Of course, in the last Perek, we saw the conversation that takes place between Mordechai and Esther, in which he tells her that it is incumbent upon her to stand up on behalf of the Jewish people to beseech Ahasuerus and to ask for the life of her nation, despite the fact that she would be putting herself in danger because she would be coming to the king unannounced, which is not allowed. And the punishment for that is actually the death penalty. Perek He is broken up into three sections. Section 1, Pesukim Aleph and Bet, discuss the fact that Esther did come before the king, violating the laws we discussed, and he does in fact accept her. Section 2 runs from Pasuk Gimel through Pasuk Chet, which discusses the first party that Esther invited Haman and Ahasuerus to attend. And the third section, Pesukim Tet through Yudalit, discusses how Haman, as a result of that party, thinks that he's on top of the world and he plots to get rid of Mordechai. Perech HaMeshi begins, And it was on the third day that Esther was wearing royalty and she stood in the gate of the house of the king in the inner courtyard of the king, opposite his inner chamber, and the king was sitting on his throne in that chamber, and the chamber, this, the throne was facing the opening to that area. Vahi Bayom the word Vahi introduces a, a big event that is about to take place. We have it a few times, for example, Vahi Bayom HaShelishi Biyot is the introduction to Ma'amad Har Sinai. Seems to be that throughout Tanakh, when you have three days, especially when it is introduced with Vayihi Bayom HaShelishi, it is leading up to an anticipated large event, as this is the case here with Esther putting herself in danger to approach Ahasuerus. Vatilbash Esther Malchut. There are two ways to understand it. Some explain that Esther was wearing royal clothing. Others explain that she herself looked very royal. She was, she was wearing royalty on her face. She looked beautiful and very kingly. And there are others that explain that it was actually still the fast day, the third day she was still fasting, and despite that she looked very royal. And she stood outside of the courtyard of the king, which seems to imply that she entered in clandestinely so that others wouldn't see her, and she waited to be recognized by the king, and she's standing there in the opening waiting for him to recognize that she's standing there, which in fact he does. And the king was standing, or was sitting on his throne, apparently involved in matters of the kingship, and she's standing there waiting to be noticed. And it was when the king saw her, which again implies that he had originally been involved in other kingly things, and eventually he takes notice of her, and she's standing there waiting to be seen, and this is something pleasing to the king, and he extends his scepter to Esther, and she enters into the room, and she touches the head of the scepter, which seems to imply that she did keep a certain distance from the king out of kavod. But she is, in effect, accepted by the king with the outstretching of the shavit. She is now allowed to approach. Pasuk Gimal. And the king says to her, What what is it Esther Hamalka? Note he calls her Hamalka. 
out of love for her. And he notices that she's she has something on her mind, something big that she wants to ask. And so he says, What is your request? And even up to half of the kingdom, I would be willing to give you again. He understands from the fact that Esther entered unannounced that she has something that's really on her mind. And Esther says, if it is okay with the king, I would like to invite both the king and Haman today to a party that I'm going to make him. Note, she says that I'm going to make him in reference to a Hashverosh. She's going to change that a little bit later, as we will note. But here Esther says, I'm not yet ready to tell you what my request is. For right now, I would like you to join me at a party. And the king says to the people around him, to his servants, quickly go get Haman to do the thing that Esther has, has requested. And the king brings Haman to the party that Esther is going to, that Esther is making for them. There are those that explain that the words La'asot Etevat Esther was not actually said, were not actually said by the king. But that is the comment of the author of the Megillah. That, ha- that Achashverosh said, Maharu et Haman, go get Haman. La'asot et devar ested. And the author of the Megillah fills in that he said to go get Haman in order to do what Ested had asked. Others explain that it is part of his language. But nonetheless, he calls upon Haman to join them for the party upon Esther's request. And the king says to Esther, note here he does not call her Hamalka. Seems to be that with the wine that he has drunk, he does not call her Hamalka. Or there are those who explain that he calls her Esther and he gets rid of the term Malka as a sign of love. That it is his Esther, she's not the queen in his eyes, she is his wife. But nonetheless, he tells her at this party of wine, what is your request and what do you want to ask until half of the kingdom, and I will do for you again, he asks Esther what it is that she wants, noticing that she has something on her mind. Pasuk Zayin, Vatan Esther Vatomar Bakashati. And Esther says, the following is my request, although she's not going to actually tell him her final request, she's going to ask something else before she gets to her final request. In Pasuk Chet, she says, She says, if it finds favor in the eyes of the king, and if it's good with you, the king, to give me what I in fact want to ask, before I ask for what I really want, I request another party with both the king and Haman, to come tomorrow, and it is there that I will tell you my request. Note here, she says, That I will make for them. Again, in Pasuk Dalid, she said that I will make for you, I will make for him the king. Here, she seems to equate, consciously and on purpose, Haman and Ahashverosh to try and stir up Ahashverosh, already seeing that Esther is putting them on the same plane, so she is setting up for the future party where she is going to indict Haman. Pasuk Tet continues, 
וחירות המן את מרדכי בשער המלך ולא קם ולא זר ממנו וימלא המן על מרדכי חמה. And Haman went out from the party on that day. He's thrilled and he feels wonderful about himself. And the Lashon Betov Lev seems to apply someone who sees his own success in the future. And when he sees, when Haman sees Mordechai in the courtyard of the king, and he doesn't even move, never mind bowing down, never mind showing any kind of respect, he doesn't even move, he doesn't even nod his head. Haman is filled with rage over Mordechai. Again, remember. Haman has already sent out the decree to destroy the Jewish people. So beforehand, his anger on Mordechai led to him to be angry on the Jewish people, but the Jewish people part of it, he thinks, is taken care of already. So here it's just a flooded sense of anger on Mordechai, and he wants to get rid of Mordechai right away. Pasuk Yod. But Haman holds himself back for the moment. And he goes to his house and he sends to bring his loved ones and Zeresh, his wife. It seems to me that, as was common at the time, that those who were higher ranking officers of the king also had a harem where their women were kept, including his wife. And so he calls to bring his wife from that place and the rest of his family as he wants to discuss with them his feelings and take advice on to what he should do regarding Mordechai. Haman, as a prerequisite to asking his, asking them for advice, he tells them about all that he has. He has riches, and he has a big family. Apparently, he has many, many wives, and from those wives, he has many, many children. And he has a recent promotion. He was risen up above all of the other officers of the king. So he begins by telling them how great he is and the success he has seen as of late. And he continues and he says, And I have more things that nobody else has. I was called to a party with the king and the queen, just me and nobody else, Tomorrow, and that shows that my success is on the horizon. That said, he continues at Pasuk Gimel and says, None of this is worth it, meaning all of the success that I have pales in comparison when I think of the fact that Mordechai will not bow down to me. It's not worth anything. When I see Mordechai, the Jew, sitting in the courtyard of the king. First of all, it's interesting to note that the Megillah uses the same Lashon, Eneno Shoveli, that Haman used when he described to Ahashverosh the nation, at that time unidentified as the Jewish people, the nation that he wanted to destroy. And he tells him, Eneno Shove, they're not worth leaving alone. They should be killed. So he uses the same Lashon here. And he notes here that his anger is stemming from the fact that a Jew, Mordechai Yehudi Yosheh B'Shara Melech, he doesn't say that Mordechai Yehudi is not bowing down to him or showing him kavod, just the fact that there is a Jew in the courtyard of the king bothers him to no end, and he needs to take matters into his own hands, and he wants to kill Mordechai. And so his advisors and his wife tell him in Pasuk Yedal, the concluding Pasuk of the Perek, V'tom edelo zereh shishto v'cholo havav y'asu etz gavua hamishim amah, 
ובבוקר אמורו למלך ויטלו את מרדכי עליו, ובוא עם המלך אל המשתה שמח, ויטב הדבר לפני המן, ויעשה עץ. And they said to him, or she said to him, Zeresh Ishto seems to be the one who thinks of this idea. Zeresh Ishto, and following in her lead, everybody else agreed to her idea that he should make a tree that is 50 amot high, and in the morning he should go to the king and tell him that he wants to hang Mordechai on that tree. And with that idea in mind, Haman's angers will have been quelled, and he will be able to come to the party happy, which would be giving kavod to the king as well. And Haman loves the idea, and he goes out, and it seems to be that he himself, that he himself, the anger that he has in the Sinai that he has, leads him that he himself actually goes out to make the tree upon which to hang Mordechai. So in this pedic, we saw that Esther approaches the king. He accepts her despite the fact that she came unannounced. He asks her what she wants, noticing that she has something big on her mind. She asks that before she tell him what she really wants, that he come to a party. They come to the party, she invites him to another party, and that party, which we'll see, not in the next pedic, but the following pedic, she will tell him what she wants. Haman is at that party, and because of that, he feels like he's on top of the world. But there's one thing that still is bothering him, and that is the fact that Mordechai has a certain level of respect. He wants to take care of that, so his loved ones recommend that he... Prepare a tree upon which to hang Haman, upon which to hang Mordechai, and that is very pleasing in his eyes, and he makes plans to do so.